0: It's the 24th of September 2022. And in just 16 days' time, it will be the end of the monastic rains retreat. And it will be the Pawarana day. And so, the meaning of this um, Pawarana it's giving an invitation uh, to one another. The monks living together uh, throughout this period, they give the opportunity for one another to give admonishment for anything that they may have done, anything that occurred over these three months that they felt frustrated at. Because sometimes there is anger, frustration that arises, It's because we are seikha, pugilas, we are those who are still studying. And so we should give our forgiveness to one another, to not hold on to this blame or this ill will, because this is something which obstructs the development of our mindfulness. And so we should have this kindness and compassion, the four brahma-viharas, And these are significant qualities which help to protect and look after our hearts. And even though we may be developing a different meditation object, we still need these four Brahma-viharas. We still need to have kindness and compassion there within our hearts, looking after them. And so with the ending of this rains retreat and this pavarana day. And uh, all of the monks here um, live together through this time with sincerity in developing their own practice. And it's normal that being together in a big family like we are, that sometimes there will uh, be ways in which we can uh, kind of come into conflict with one another or there can be aggravation and some of our views aren't in line with each other's. And why is that? It's because there's still a sense of self. there. There's still me there's still mine. And if all of us, all of the monks were arahants and then we wouldn't have these problems. Or if everyone was an arya, a noble being, attained to some level of awakening, and each was just going about their own practice, um, then there wouldn't be these problems. But it's normal that these things arise due to greed hatred and delusion but in reality it's not actually a person that this delusion it's also not a person it just arises and ceases it's not a being so this delusion comes into being through causes and conditions and then it ceases, but in reality there's no person there. So there's just dhamma, there's just dhammas on the side of skillfulness and dhammas on the side of unskillfulness. But if our practice hasn't reached this point yet, then we won't see things in this way. And that's the case for most of the monastics. And so in that case, you need to look after uh, sila well, look after the dhamma and Vinaya, It's normal that there's proliferation, there's anger and our will there as well, because we're still practicing. We use this practice to try and abandon those qualities, to abandon self, attachment to me and to you. And so each goes about their practice and sometimes you have to put up a, a good fight and sometimes there may be some conflict and that's because the defilements are also practicing. There are defilements which practice within the heart as well, creating heat and agitation in the heart due to that delusion. So then we need to forgive one another, to not cling on to vengeance, or the cycle of seeking to get back at one another, the cycle of revenge. Because going about things in that way, holding on to that vengeance, it brings a lot of harm. It's very blame-worthy. So there's one sutta, in which there were two people who had a lot of ill will towards each other. And then one got born uh, as a yakini, and the other was born as the child of that yakini, a yakini being a female ogre. And so this yakini was trying to eat its own child. but through the parami of the Buddha, he chanted a purita verse and spread his loving kindness, and the devas and brahmas came to help, and that Yakini wasn't able to do any damage to its child. And in the end, both were able to let go of the hate and the ill will that they had towards each other. So this ill will is something that can go on for a very long time and it can cause us to harm each other like this and just carry on doing that. So as practitioners we need to look after our precepts and to do this well, to give rise to goodness wherever it is that we go. And so we should really take it that on this day of Pavarana, giving an invitation, then we forgive one another. So this year it falls on the 10th of October. In all practitioners, we wish for goodness. And so, whatever it is that has happened, we need to forgive one another. Because the anger that arises, that's not a being, that's not a person. It's just delusion that comes about through the sense of self. But if we have developed our meditation already, our minds have reached a state of stillness and peace, then we'll know that it's re- in reality these things just aren't there. That they arise due to comparisons, this comparison gives rise to me, and then to them. But if there's no me, then there can't be a them. If there's no people, there can't be animals. It's just the four elements, it's just the five khandas. But initially we don't see things that way. We don't have that clear vision. It's just a perception that we bring back up, it's just memory. But we use that to start off with contemplating that. And we also have this conviction in the Buddha and in the Arahants. This belief that venerable Ajahn Man and Ajahn Chah were Arahants, these awakened disciples of the perfectly self-awakened Buddha. And we follow their teachings. We try to practice in line with them. Steadily wearing away at the defilements, bit by bit, bit by bit. Controlling our acts of body and speech through the precepts. And having mindfulness there. Mindfulness over our body and speech, looking after our heart well. It's also normal for practitioners to have conceit. This is true for all of us. And when we have abilities, when we have skills, then the defilements will come up as well. And the defilements also have skills. And so when we have knowledge, then the defilements also have knowledge. And so we think that I have knowledge, I am skilled, I have faith, I have sila that... My sila is better than other people's sila. And so that's normal, and we shouldn't worry about it. But we stick to this practice, and we just carry on abandoning the sense of self, steadily wearing away at it, eroding it, and our conceit gets less and less. And we can teach ourselves, well, If I'm really skilled, will I still have to die? Can I defeat death yet? And we can't. No matter how skilled we are, we have to pass away. Through through instructing ourselves in this, then we can quell the sense of conceit. So we're taught to view ourselves as, it's like nothing nothing significant, that we're just like a, an old rag that's used to wipe the floor. And if we can hold ourselves in that way, then we'll feel at ease. Because it's this clinging that is the cause for conceit to arise. And if we don't have that clinging, then there won't be conceit. So we should um, practice this way and try to gain this kind of knowledge. We need to be ones who have few wishes, who are content with little and content with whatever it is that they gain. And also to be cautious and well restrained to have effort, give rise to a lot of effort, to speak little, sleep little, and awaken through our energy. Because when we come to ordain what we want from this, we're not just joking about, but we sincerely want and wish for that peace and are trying to gain that, have that sincerity to builds mindfulness. And this mindfulness is an important foundation, important part of the practice. Because when our mindfulness comes together well, our samadhi becomes firm, then wisdom can arise. And in the beginning, however, it's extremely difficult just to give rise to samadhi. It's very arduous. And then when we give rise to it, we're not able to look after that. We're not able to keep it. But we just carry on going about this each day with effort. Because we know this path of practice already. And even though it's hard, we just carry on with it. And then eventually we will gain peace. Eventually wisdom will arise. And all things that we're not able to do yet are difficult, but when we put in our efforts we'll be able to get there. And We can think of just how many years we had to spend studying before we were able to graduate, from the time that we were born, it took twenty years, twenty-one years, until we can leave our studies and then go to work, and then in order to succeed in our occupations, that takes a very long time as well. So therefore we need to be sincere and set our hearts on this meditation practice. But it's also not the case that we have that sincerity. We wish for arahantship, and we expect to just be able to get that. Because in that case, the causes and the results that we want, they're not in line with one another. So it does take time. We put in our efforts, we contemplate in trying to see this nature of emptiness, trying to get there. Initially, we have to use this perception and memory. It's like how we perceive this body and see it die, see it break apart, decay. We teach our minds like this over and over again. If we have some images, then we can look at those. And these days, there's a lot of different forms of media. And so we can look up these pictures of Asuba, of the body breaking apart, different ways that the body is unattractive. And we can use these to Teach our minds that the body's like this, it's like this. And then, as we do that, then slowly but surely, the mind will become more and more peaceful. So, may you put your efforts, set your heart on doing this. And in the end, the mind will gather together and be able to see the Dhamma. This knowledge of the Dhamma arises with clarity. So having this firm faith already, may you set your heart on this practice.